Good evening, church. I think the weather that we are having, what a blessing from the Lord, is the answer to the prayers we made in June. Right? We were making those prayers over and over again, and we talked about that, didn't we? God is wonderful. It's great to see you here this evening, both members and visitors alike. We uh, are thankful for your attendance. Let's go together to God in prayer, please. Dear God, we praise you. We lift up your name on high. We thank you for being just so good. And not only good, Lord God, but good to us individually. We thank you for allowing us to assemble to worship you and to be able to worship you in an acceptable way. Help us to absorb your word and to grow from it. Help us be better Christians today than we were yesterday. Help us to honor you in all things. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray and thank thee, if it be thy will. Amen. So, um, back to Eliamus. And Eliamus is a man that um, Barnabas and Paul met up with on Paul's first missionary journey. A man named Bar-Jesus, or son of Jesus. A man full of trouble. Acts 13 is where we are in our lesson this evening. Beginning, if you will, in verse 6. And when they had gone through the whole island as far as Patphos, they found a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the magician, for thus his name is translated, was opposing them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the truth. And so last week we studied the depth of the meaning of this idea of trying to draw someone away from Jesus and the seriousness to the Holy Spirit in regards to that. And tonight we want to finish that lesson off. Okay, so we go all the way down to what the Holy Spirit says through Paul. Verse 9. But Saul, who was also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze upon him and said... You who are full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord? So on one hand, you look at this, and last week we looked at how God was, was you know, so intent uh, in this message, and intense in this message about Eliamus, and what he was saying about Eliamus, those facts, those truths about who that person is. Tonight I want us to think about all this being said in light of, imagine you're in the Old Testament days and someone tries to draw you away from God to worship idol gods. Do you remember what the Bible says? It says that person is to be put to death. Now we're in the New Testament. There's some words spoken by the Holy Spirit about this man. God calls him a son of the devil. Now, John 8, please, in verse 44, it's not the first time that God brings the message to us that a person can literally be, and there are people who literally are, children of the devil. And anyone that tries to lead a child of God away from God is working for his father. 
In verse 44, the Bible says, You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. In him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now that kind of uh, terminology should wake someone up and say, wait a minute, what does that mean? Are you saying to me that I am a follower of Satan who is the father of lies? And why would I want to be that way? So that child of a do- uh, the devil, son of a devil, is a very, very important description of a person who's trying to draw someone away from Christ. It goes right back to the teaching of Jesus in the book of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 13, he says, You are an enemy of all righteousness. So here this man or woman who's trying to mislead someone or draw someone away from Christ, who's full of all unrighteousness, who is a child of the devil, is also an enemy of everything that is right. God made the world right again. Every, an enemy of God, an enemy of the, the teaching of Jesus. And Satan and his false teachers are violently opposed to righteousness. Because Satan doesn't want anyone to be saved. And sometimes, because it's so easy to forget that, sometimes Satan's able to put his foot into the church because we just want to be kind and sweet and gentle. And God tells us to be that way, but we also have to always take a stand. Matthew 13, verse 36. Then he left the multitudes and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man, and the field is the world, and as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom, and the tares are the sons of the evil one. See, this is a teaching of Jesus. When someone's teaching false doctrine, especially in this case, where Elimus is trying to draw Sergius Paulus away from that which is right, We're getting a good understanding of what God is speaking of when he says, even in the body of Christ, there are people who will draw some away from righteousness, from Jesus, to follow after Satan. In verse 39 it says, and the enemy who sold them. So there's that idea again. Being an enemy of God or an enemy of all righteousness, it all flows so well with the teachings of Jesus. And the enemy who sold them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. So, let's, let's think for a moment. Turn to Romans chapter, chapter 1. Let's think for just a moment about what, what Satan is doing to the world. He's trying to draw people away from common sense. Righteousness also flows with common sense. Or should I say, common sense flows with righteousness. Look at what God did. Verse 24. The Holy Spirit is very serious about people being drawn away from righteousness. Therefore God gave them over in the lust of their hearts. There are three things in the world. Lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, 
and the bolster pride of life. That's it. God will give humanity over if that's what they choose. Satan says, choose the devil. Well, can't say it like that. Because if he said it like that, no one would follow him. Instead, he says, follow the impulses of your lustful hearts. And it's okay. Therefore, God gave them over to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, that their bodies might be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the Creator. Excuse me. The creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. It doesn't stop there. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips. Do you hear Do you hear that Bar-Jesus, that Elias, do you hear him in this text? The consistency of the Bible is incredible. Slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinances of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. And so the Holy Spirit said, You, sir, you are the child of the devil. You are an enemy of all righteousness because they're perverting. He was perverting the straight ways of the Lord. Straight ways, right? God's ways are, are not confusing. Back to Acts chapter 13, please. God's ways are straight. And we understand it. And common sense tells us if we'll just listen. Verse 10 says, He said, You who are full of all deceit and fraud. Now how do you feel about fraud? You go to your computer, and you open up your account, and there's some fraudulent activity. What do you do? You report it aggressively. What about fraud in the church? What about deceit in regards to the Lord? What about all the things that are being spoken of about this particular man? A man who is full of all deceit and fraud, a son of of the devil. So imagine this for a moment. Someone knocks on your door and says, hello, and they have a book in their hand. And they say, I've come to talk to you, and I come to share good news. And you go, okay, he's going to talk about Jesus. I'm a son of the devil. I mean, what do you do? You kind of close the door, right? (laughs) But here he is. And he's saying to Sergius Paulus, hey, you want to know about righteousness? Follow me. Don't follow Jesus. He was opposing Paul. And Barnabas, he was standing against them and saying, these guys don't know what they're talking about. 
you son of the devil, an enemy of all righteousness, you will not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord. Second Peter chapter 3. As you read through the New Testament and you start getting into the letters, you find that this has been happening over and over in uh, the days of the first century where people were trying to mislead others and draw them away from God, draw them away from righteousness. To get them to give in to Satan, to give in to Rome, to give in to idolatry and to walk away from God. And God takes that very seriously. And so should you. And so should I. Verse 16. As also in his, all his letters, speaking of Paul, speaking in them of the things in which are some things hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures, to their own destruction. And so, Elimus isn't just destroying or trying to destroy Sergius Paulus, he's destroying himself. And then it goes on in verse 17, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard, lest being carried away by the error of unprincipled men, you fall from your own steadfastness. Be careful. Watch out. Because Satan knows that, you know, he could get one foothold, just one foot into your life. He can control you for life. He can get you to walk away from common sense. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Galatians, please, chapter 1. They were very serious about the teachings of Christ. And, and also, they distinguished constantly the teachings from Christ and the teachings that come from the devil. False teachers distort the truth. And here's what's sad. These men we're reading about and they've read about in this study are doing it intentionally. It's not like it's an accident. Like, oh, you know, I believe that all my life. I believe that, you know, all my life, godliness is next to cleanliness. Someone quoted that to me yesterday. No, I was it on Thursday. You know, godliness is next to cleanliness. I said, really? (laughs) Open door, (laughs) right? (laughs) Is that in the Bible? Galatians chapter 1 Verse 8, when we consider the way the Holy Spirit teaches, commands, dictates, expresses his feelings of false teachings and false teachers, we have to learn to be, to be acceptant in the sense of God is going to have his way. And this is why God speaks so adamantly about false teachers in such a way to where he says, these people will not make it into heaven. And he says it in such ways to where we understand the horribleness of internal fire and the punishments to come. And what God inflicted on Satan because of what Satan did in heaven with his angels and what he's doing today. Verse 8 of Galatians chapter 1. But even though we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we have heard or have preached to you, let him be Accursed. That's powerful, right? Why would you want to be cursed by God? Right? Who who wants that? Right? 
As we've said before, so also I'll say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which you received, let him be accursed. And false teachers continued. Second Peter chapter 2. They continue to come. They continue to show up and teach this false dogma about God and about righteousness and about salvation. Chapter 2 and verse 1. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. Notice what they're following, lust. Right? You know, that false teacher tells me what I want to hear, and it sounds good, and I become like Eve. And we walk away from Jesus. The Holy Spirit is serious about that. Verse 3 says, And in their own greed they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. God says they will not only be destroyed in this life, but also in the life to come. Who would want to be in that position? Intentionally. Romans chapter 16. Sadly enough, children of the devil don't mind that position. Nothing in the text tells us that uh, the, the magician, or Jesus, doesn't tell us that he changed. But Romans 16 and verse 17. Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learn and turn away from them. For such men are slaves, not of the our Lord Jesus Christ, but of their own appetites and by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. And you've seen that over the years. You've seen it. You've heard it. I saw a commercial uh, on television. Let's turn to Matthew 23. And there's some paid actors. <laughs> you know they're paid actors because of what they're saying. They, they bought some, I bought some holy water. And when, no, it's, what is it called? His name is not some kind of water they bought. <laughs> Forget what it's called now. But anyway, it's holy water they bought. And, and drinking that oh, miracle water. I drank that miracle water and my bills were caught up and God paid my mortgage and my life was all right. Who would believe that? Well, you know what? It's television. You know, a lot of folks buying that miracle water. Right? And, and the world doesn't care. You know, the world, the Irish, no one ca- We should care. And we've got to stand up against uh, some of this foolishness, walking people away from righteousness. Yeah, all of a sudden, you know, I, I drink the holy water, and it's idolatry, right? We know that. Isn't that what it is? How would the Holy Spirit feel? And what does the Holy Spirit have to say about those people who are even the ones on the line who are taking the phone calls to sell that miracle water? To deceive people, Right? How should we feel about that? Another soul lost. I remember being in a Bible study one time, and I was in there, and we were studying. And then when I when I left, well, I was studying, and another family um, showed up, and they were, but they were from a a denomination, and they believed in the miraculous. And uh, anyway, we finished our study, and we left, and then they started saying, "Hey, they left like demons in, in your house." Scared this family to death. 
You know, we were able to get back in, thank God, and help them to learn the gospel, and they surrendered to Christ. But why would they intentionally do that? Because the sons of the devil don't mind you losing your soul. Sad. It's very sad. In Matthew 23, when you read Jesus saying, Whoa, Jesus was sure angry at the scribes and Pharisees. Yeah, why? Why was he so angry, so disappointed with the scribes and Pharisees? Well, look at what kind of people they were. They were horrible people. And the horrible people were religious people. And so when religious people are acting like the devil, they should be considered as horrible people in your minds. Misleading people and trying to lead them astray from Jesus. In verse 13, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from men, for you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. So imagine that. They themselves know. We know we're not going to heaven. We're going to take as many with us as we can. Doesn't that sound like mass shooting to you? Right? We Physically, we're like, oh, I can't believe he did that. He, re- he left a letter and he said, I'm taking as many with me when I go out. And here the devil is still doing the same thing through people, but it's a spiritual warfare. And then in verse 15, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you travel about on sea and land to make one a proselyte, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. I mean, there's no true hope in this. And yet they don't care. I care. And I believe you do as well. We have a responsibility, Luke chapter 11, please, to try to help people who are lost to see the truth of God's Word. And when someone comes along and tries to uh, distort the truth in your presence, stand up. Right? Stand up for Jesus. Help to save the lost. In verse 52, the Bible says, Woe to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering in you you hindered them, right? How sad. How sad that is. See, this isn't about anger. It's not necessarily about frustration. This is sad. This, and we think about a relationship, and there's a man, a husband, and a wife. We're going back to Matthew 23. And the, one of the two are committing adultery. And they're being very deceitful, and they're, and they're very tricky. And the other, the spouse doesn't know what's happening, and thinks everything's just fine. And then when they find out their hearts are broken, they've been deceived all this time. What about Christ? What about people in Christ and outside of Christ who are followers of Satan and don't even know it? And then, and then we come along and say nothing? Now we've got to expose the truth. And the truth will expose the error. The truth will expose the sin. We don't have to deal with the sin. We just expose the truth. And the truth will do the rest. Because it is the truth that sets us free. Matthew 23 and verse 25. It should become our passion to seek and save the lost. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish 
But inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish, so the outside of it may become clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanliness. Even so, you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the, mount, the, excuse me, the monuments of the righteous and say, if we had been living in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partners with them and shedding the blood of the prophets. Consequently, you bear witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murder the prophets, sons of the devil. Fill up then the measure of the guilt of your fathers, you serpents, you brood of vipers. How shall you escape the sentence of hell? What a sermon. They'd fire Jesus, wouldn't they? You think God means what he says and says what he means? It is very serious. I want to go back to Acts 13 and, and wrap this up. It is a very serious thing that is happening in our world that innocent people are being misled. Not even guilty people, but innocent people are being misled intentionally by the devil. We have to stand up, right? We have to stand up and stand opposed to that which is evil and that which is wicked. Because God tells us to and expects us to. So here, Eliamus, in Acts 13, in verse 11, this is the only time in the Scriptures where you will find the Holy Spirit through the apostles casting a... Um, an evil punishment upon a person through the miraculous. Verse 11, please. And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and not see the sun for a time. And immediately a mist and a darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking those who would lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed and when he saw what had happened, being amazed at the teaching of the Lord. And we know him being a believer means he was baptized. He was an intelligent man, the Bible says. He was a man who did not allow the wickedness and the evil to deceive him. We don't have miracles today, right? We don't have that. We just have the gospel. But obviously, the gospel is enough. So study your Bibles up, know them well, and when the doors open and the opportunities are there, be willing to step through for Jesus and stop evil so that God may prevail and that those who are lost might be saved. And we do it kindly with truth, and then the truth takes care of the rest. Tonight, if you are struggling in your faith, we can pray with you, pray for you. We ask you to come tonight if you would like to surrender to Christ in the waters of baptism. If there's anything we can do tonight, please make it known while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.